All right. Welcome to a midweek bonus episode. It's late on Thursday, and I meant to drop this early this evening so it would actually be a midweek episode, but such is life. I'm dedicating this episode to sharing some of my views about God and faith in God. I feel like this topic tends to be treated as fairly ambiguous, and I don't believe the reality is. I'm not here to try to step on anyone's beliefs, and I'm not claiming to represent any organization. I want to share my beliefs in the hopes that it helps some of you understand God more clearly and come closer to Him. First, God is real. He's not some social construct or cognitive figment we use to fill holes in our psyche. God is our Father in Heaven. He created us and made us in His image. He's a person with thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and we have a parent-child relationship with Him. He loves us as a father because He is our Father. Not only did He create us, But we lived with him, and he raised us, in heaven, as spirits. When we had learned all we could there, he created this world for us, a place where we could learn under conditions not possible in the perfection of heaven. Ever notice that your children clearly have their own personalities from the moment you meet them? We're not allowed to remember our life before this one. It would negate the value of this experience. But we did live, all of us, together. The most important gift our Heavenly Father gave us was free will. He promised he would never force our choices. This is possibly the single most important principle in this life. We have control of our choices. God has never, and will never, force or coerce us. This is the essence of faith. He will never impose himself upon us. We must seek him. But the moment we reach out, he reaches back. We even had to choose to come here to earth. We knew that we had reached our limits and could only learn more by leaving our heavenly home for a time and experiencing the imperfections and difficulties of life. Think of leaving home for college or a job for the first time. It was probably difficult, but after a couple of years, you were capable of so much more than you had been living in your parents' care. I mentioned we had a choice to come here. God presented us with a plan. He would create a world where we could experience mortality and learn its lessons. We would make mistakes, we would get dirty we would sin. And no unclean thing can enter heaven. He selected the first spirit he created, the only one of us to progress enough to be able to fulfill the role, to endure the price of our failings. This was Jesus Christ. And by paying the debt of our sins, he created a path for us back to heaven. I'll come back to that. God's proposal to us wasn't the end of the discussion. Lucifer claimed to have a better idea. He recognized that a lot of us would be making terrible choices in this life and fail to return to God, that some would even refuse Christ's gift to us and be lost. He proposed another plan in defiance of God. He suggested that he would be our savior, that he would strip us of our free will, control us, and compel us to live perfectly. Without the ability to sin, we wouldn't get dirty, so to speak, and we would have no trouble returning to heaven. In exchange for our complete and safe return, he demanded to be exalted even above God. He demanded to rule over even God. The very point of this life was to be an opportunity for us to learn to choose good, outside of the perfection and influences of heaven, and without perceiving our Father watching us. We needed to learn to stand on our own feet and make good choices on our own. We needed to learn how to properly control our free will for ourselves. We had a choice to make. Accept God's plan, come to earth, learn and grow according to our choices, or join Lucifer in his rebellion and attempt to overthrow God. Not everyone chose God, and Lucifer and his followers were cast out of heaven. The rest of us have been born, generation after generation here on earth for thousands of years. We have all made mistakes. We have all got ourselves dirty here and there. 
and most of us are trying to become better people as we go. Many of us are succeeding. This life is serving its exact purpose. We have a place and a time to learn and grow in ways that we could not in the perfection of heaven. God promised to provide us every opportunity we needed to fulfill that purpose. The world would be a very diverse place and he and his angels would be constantly hard at work ensuring that each of us, individually, would have the life experiences we needed to help us continue to progress. We are all unique, with different personalities and different needs, and each experience we have in this life is meant to help us develop further. That means that difficult, sometimes painful things happen. What we do with our experiences makes all the difference. When we make good choices, we learn and progress. When we make wrong choices, we falter, and God gives us the next opportunity. When we falter, we fail to progress, but God then places the next opportunity in front of us, and we have another chance to change and learn and grow. I said I'd come back to the debt that Christ paid for us. I won't pretend for a moment to understand how he paid for our sins. I know it involved the sacred grove on the Mount of Olives and the cross, but the philosophy, the nuts and bolts of how that paid our debt is beyond my reach right now. What I do know is that he did pay our debt, and now we are indebted to him. I told you he opened a path back to heaven. His expectation of us, our part of the deal, is to fulfill our purpose in this life, to learn to keep God's commandments while we cannot perceive his watchful eye on us. This isn't a free ride. It's an opportunity. We've been gifted the opportunity to fulfill our purpose in this life, to learn and grow and become capable of so much more, and to learn to keep God's commandments. If we are to be trusted back in heaven, we have to learn to live its laws. Life, like most things in life, is a matter of getting out of it what you put into it. We could bumble around on our own trying to figure out how to become good, decent people with the knowledge and skill set that we want to develop before returning home, but I think we all know how that would turn out. God has provided for that need as well. He has all the tools and knowledge and opportunities we need, but he will not force himself upon us. To do so would negate the very reason for our being here. If he will not force himself on us, that means we must turn to him. This life is a test to see if we will keep God's commandments and be good people without perceiving his constant watch on us. We are held accountable for what we know. We all expect more of our 10-year-olds than we do of our 3-year-olds, right? And for good reason. God gives us what we are ready for, and when we have learned it well, he gives us more. He never gives us anything we cannot yet handle and holds back what we are not yet ready to be held accountable for. As we turn to him, seek his guidance, and follow it, we receive more. I imagine you're capable of far more than you were 10 years ago. If you have kids, I imagine after having them you learn to be capable of far more than you ever anticipated. Our development, in every way and on every level, follows this path. Do you find it easier to make good choices in areas of your life where you used to find it difficult? Maybe as a kid you had a problem with lying, or you used to be easily swayed by your peers to do things you knew were wrong. Most of the things we struggle with are probably works in progress, but that's the key word here. Progress. In some cases, people make bad choices and then follow those up with more bad choices. Despite every opportunity God places in front of them to change and progress, they continue to devolve. Just as making good choices, especially consistently, helps us become more than we were, and better, making bad choices, especially consistently, makes us less and reverses the progress we've made. We can always, and I mean always, turn that around. But again, that's a choice, or sometimes a series of choices. I want to go back to Lucifer's rebellion in heaven. What did he want? 
He wanted power, prestige, and control. He wanted to take away our free will. He wanted to force us to do his will. He lost, but he's not done. There is another way for us to lose our free will, and that is to give it up voluntarily. Ask an addict if they feel like they're free, if they have control of their lives. Ask a liar or an abuser if they're living life on their terms. Even if they say yes, you'll spot the lie. There's another way to lose our free will. Not entirely. We always retain control over our actions, but enough to prevent unfettered progress in life. That other way is when people control other people. This happens so many ways and in so many places. The abuser dominates their victim through fear. The manipulator through their wiles. The murderer ends all further opportunities for their victim in this life. The person who uses abortion as a means of birth control cuts off their child's opportunities from the very beginning. God will rectify all things, but that doesn't change what we've done. God has, through the ages, encouraged civilizations and forms of government that promote and protect our opportunities to grow and progress. The United States of America is, to this point, the most spectacular achievement to that end. It is made up of people, and as such is far from perfect, but the constitutional principles that define our nation have done more to promote and protect free will and our opportunities to grow as people than any other. Free speech, freedom of religion, due process, the protection of life, liberty, and property, and the division and separation of power protects each of us more than any other system humans have practiced by limiting people controlling other people. What limiting laws we pass must be to the end of protecting life, liberty, and property, thereby protecting our ability to learn and progress. Governments are not instituted to make people good. They are not capable of that function. They are instituted to create an environment in which people can learn to be good on their own, with laws in place to provide recourse when others fail. Every other system practiced the world over is designed to maximize centralized control of people. Kings and dictators are single individuals with near total dominance of every individual in their domain. Terrorism, in any form it takes, is about control through fear. Socialism and communism are both founded on centralized state control of everything and everyone. When your life is dictated by a king, by terrorists, or by the state, your ability to grow and progress is limited. The choices you can make, the options you have, are limited. Ask someone from Cuba, Venezuela, or the old Soviet Union how much latitude they had to live their religion. The United States has grown and progressed by the same pattern I outlined earlier. Thus far, we have rid ourselves of slavery. We have enfranchised all of our citizens. We have developed technology that makes us capable of far more than our forebears could ever have dreamed, and have reaffirmed again and again those principles that make us free to learn and grow on our terms. We should have the same expectations of our nation that we do of ourselves. We are not perfect. We have and will make mistakes. But we are striving to be better, and we are making progress, and as long as we are moving in the right direction, we are fulfilling our purpose as a nation. God loves us as a parent, because He is one. He is our Heavenly Father. He created us. He created this unbelievable, literally once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us, and He stands ready to reach back the moment we reach out. As the Savior said, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. How? The Apostle James wrote, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. I know this raises a lot of questions I haven't answered. All the podcasts in all the world couldn't reveal everything, even if I knew it all, which I don't. If any of what I said rang true, 
If you felt a calming confirmation at any point, I encourage you to pursue it. Pray and ask God what to do next, with genuine intent to follow through on the answers you receive, and those answers will come. They may start small, a feeling, an impression, but always they will be accompanied by an assurance they are right. God will not force himself upon us. He waits patiently for us to seek him. I'll leave you with a quote from a man of faith. I was in the most bitter pain and anguish of soul, and never, until I did cry out unto the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy, did I receive a remission of my sins. But behold, I did cry unto him, and I did find peace to my soul. Have a good night, everyone.